Well, good morning. Um, we are finishing this morning our, our journey through the book of Colossians, a letter that Paul wrote from in prison in Rome uh, to those in Colossae um, a long time ago. But what we found as we're going through it is that it's very applicable to us today. Um, three weeks ago, we celebrated Easter. We celebrated Resurrection Sunday. Um, that was a, a time that actually was already on the calendar for Jews for many, many years. Uh, they celebrated Passover. It was one of multiple feasts that God had given to them, given specific instruction to the Jews that, that at Passover time and, and the feast of first fruits, that they were all to travel to Jerusalem. And God had a purpose in that. Because he knew that his son, that he would send his son and that one day it would be uh, with all of the Jews gathered there in Jerusalem that Jesus would give his life as the ultimate Passover lamb and then would be raised uh, from death to life uh, as, on the feast of first fruits. So Jesus himself being the first fruits of a harvest of people who would have new life through Jesus Christ and through the salvation of his cross. And, and there were other feasts that are very specific. There's a feast that happens after the feast of first fruits. And it's an interesting one because the date that's given when they're supposed to all again gather all together in Jerusalem is the purpose that God wanted them to do that. Uh, it, the date for it was always, it's supposed to be 50 days following the Feast of First Fruits. It's the Feast of Weeks. Why was that? God had a purpose in it for the Jews. And, and if we were to go back now, the time that we'd be in right now is, is in that time in between those two feasts. It's actually uh, the first 40 days after Jesus' resurrection, Jesus continued to appear to people. To hundreds of people he appeared to and to his disciples and to instruct them and to teach them. And uh, for 40 days he did that until finally uh, he left and he had a promise that when he left he would send his Holy Spirit. And 10 days later, it's no accident that all the Jews then are gathered again in Jerusalem, from all over the place. Jews down in, in Egypt, in, in Macedonia, in Asia Minor, in Rome. The Jews from all over the place traveling to Jerusalem, speaking different languages. And that promised Holy Spirit then came. And it was this awesome experience where those who believed in Christ then started proclaiming Christ. And everyone could understand it in their own language. It was a miracle that God was doing through his Holy Spirit, working through those. And then, and then the Holy Spirit then, to everyone who believed, entered into, and there was a transformation that happened in that community of Jews. It was fulfilling Multiple prophecies, but, it, but we can see even from the prophecy of what God said through the prophet Ezekiel that, that he would ultimately, to his people, that, that he would change their heart, that he would give them a new spirit, and that he would take their heart of stone and turn it into a, a heart of flesh, and he would put his Holy Spirit into them. That's what was happening, the fulfillment of that prophecy into the Jews and thousands 
were believing in the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit was in entering them and we saw a transformation of that community, that fellowship uh, that was accomplished because hearts were being changed and, and people were selling their land and, and their houses in order to, to have money then to be able to have distributed to those in need and, and among all of those, the thousands that were believing in Christ, no one had need. They, they were, as, as described in the book of Acts, they were one, one heart, one soul together, united in the fellowship of Jesus Christ. Well, you know that salvation that God brought to the Jews, that fellowship in Christ, that changing of the heart, transforming of lives was not only for the Jews. And praise the Lord for that. What we find as, as that continues is that God's plan was that through the cross of Jesus Christ, that he would break down barriers between people. Break down barriers between his chosen people, the Jews and the Gentiles, those who didn't know God, didn't know of God. And that everyone through faith in Jesus Christ then could receive the Holy Spirit and, and have the fellowship of Christ and have transformation in their heart. That the, God describes it as writing his law upon our heart that the things that we would desire and want are the things that he desires and want. And as a result, this fellowship, this community of believers would be knit together. Well, this morning as we finish the book of Colossians, this is a letter that Paul wrote. And at the end of Paul's letter, sometimes you can skim that last part because you're going, oh, this is just the final greetings. We're going to go here and we're going to go there and make sure so-and-so says hi. To... No, this is, this is a glimpse. Every time we go into those, this is a glimpse into what was then the fellowship of believers at that time when Paul was writing to the Colossians. And, and even as we look at attributes of that fellowship, those are things we can, we can learn about ourselves in the fellowship that continues. The same, very same Holy Spirit that entered into them entered in, enters into us now through faith in Christ. And there's a glory as we read this when we start to understand just kind of the story of what's going around these events. I think especially now we can appreciate the heart of Paul and those that, that Paul is sending greetings on behalf of, their desire to see each other, their desire to know how, how you're doing, how, how, how those are doing in Colossae because they're apart. Boy, now for the last month, we've been apart. And we can feel a little bit more of potentially what was the, what was the emotion behind some of this. But let's read in Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 7. We're going to finish out this letter. Paul writes, Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, this is a different Jesus, that was a common name back then. 
Jesus who is called Justice. These are the only men of the circumcision, that means Jews, among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. And see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Achippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this letter we've got to enjoy in studying it over these past weeks. Um, God, I, I just pray that you would just light a new fire within us of the fellowship that we have in you this morning. God, teach us from your word. Holy Spirit, open to us understanding from your word this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the fellowship of Christ. I want to look at three things that, that we can get out of this that, that are attributes of the fellowship of Christ that apply to us today. And the first one here is that there is no distinction between peoples. Even as, as the, the Holy Spirit and salvation came to the Jews first, but then also to the Gentiles, it is to everyone the salvation has come, and we see that just in the people that, that are laid out in here. Uh, the two that are carrying the letter, Tychicus and Onesimus. Uh, Tychicus, he, he's a trusted companion of Paul, a minister. He's from Asia Minor, and, and we see him uh, as carrying letters on behalf of Paul. We see him in a couple of places, uh, possibly replacing Titus and Timothy in ministry. So he's a minister who's been there uh, along with Paul from Asia Minor. Onesimus is there. He's from Colossae. He's, he's a slave, a runaway slave. And, and we'll get more into his story later, but, but uh, from a whole different background. Um, those that, that he's bringing greetings from. He says uh, that, that I've got greetings from uh, Aristarchus. Uh, uh, Aristarchus is from Thessalonian. Uh, he's, a, he's a Thessalonian. He's most likely came to Christ when Paul made his first missionary journey through there. That's over in Macedonia. He's a Jew in background uh, uh, from Thessalonica. Um, you have three different Jews that, that are represented there. Um, you've got Mark uh, is also Jewish. You have Jesus, Justice, so those that he said are of the circumcision. And then the, the other three are Gentile background. Um, these are all different people, different backgrounds, different walks of life. Luke was a, was a physician. It's, what does that mean to us? That means no matter who you are, you're invited into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. There's a place for you. 
We saw that we saw that earlier in Colossians chapter three. If you look with me, Colossians chapter three and verse eleven says, "Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all in all." There is a place for you in the fellowship of Christ. Not only is there a place. But just as Jesus died for, for the people, for the, for the Jews, and brought salvation to the Jews, he has brought salvation to all so that through his name, through faith in Jesus, we can be saved. He died for you just as he died for them. There is no distinction. There's, there's no background that you could say, no, someone like me could never become a Christian. I, I've heard people tell me just... They laugh about what, what people in the church would do. They drop dead if they ever saw me step foot in a church. Well, if that's where you're at, that's exactly who Jesus came to die for. He didn't come to die for the righteous. He came to die for sinners, to save us from our sin, and to bring us through his salvation into fellowship, a fellowship that Christ is in. And it's all about Christ, the fellowship of Christ. What else about the fellowship of Christ? In the fellowship of Christ, there is no distinction between people. In the fellowship of Christ, we lift each other up. Well, you can, you can feel the heart of Paul the more you dig into even the end of this letter, but just the substance of his letters. He's pouring into the people that he loves. And, and he's encouraging them and even reprimanding them and, and directing them because he loves them. And did you know that relationships in the body of Christ are not easy? They're messy. It's not like because we now have the Holy Spirit in us that everything is just roses. No, we still deal with the flesh. We still deal with the problems where we came from. Christ is transforming our lives. The Holy Spirit is in us, transforming us, giving us a heart of flesh in place of a heart of stone. But that's a process. Relationships are messy. We need to be lifting each other up. We see uh, glimpses of messy relationship even in here, in, in verse 9. He mentions that along with Tychicus, Onesimus is delivering this letter. You know, at this time, Onesimus would also be carrying another letter. We have it here in our Bible, Philemon. That's a letter to his master, the one that he stole from and ran away from. He was a worthless slave, as, as, as he's described in that letter. That's what well, he was before he met Paul and through Paul met Christ. And so Paul then is, is very carefully wording this letter and, and encouraging even those in Colossae to accept him as a faithful and beloved brother now. He's navigating this difficult situation and, and, um, and trying to encourage Philemon, uh, uh, <laughs> Onesimus' master, Philemon, to not just reserve, receive him back as a slave, but to receive him back now as a brother in Christ. I can imagine there's a lot that's not told there. 
What else? He says in verse 10, Aristarchus, my brother, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. There's a whole lot not said there. You see, Barnabas and Paul, on Paul's first missionary journey, they set out, and, and Barnabas's cousin, Mark, John Mark, accompanied them on that, on that missionary journey. The, their first stop was, was the island uh, of Cyprus, and that, that, was, that was where Barnabas was from, that easy stop. And then they went from there into the mainland, into Asia Minor. And, it does, and Acts doesn't tell us a lot of details. It just says that John Mark left and went home. He went back to Jerusalem. But whatever the situation there, it was enough that on Paul's second missionary journey, he didn't want John Mark to be included with him, even though Barnabas did want his cousin to be included, and it became this matter of sharp uh, disagreement between, between Paul and Barnabas, whether or not it was a good idea to bring his cousin, John Mark. And so they ended up splitting up. Paul uh, took Silas and went on, went on the missionary journey. And Barnabas uh, then took John Mark and, and they went to his, his home in Cyprus. Who are these people? This is the apostle Paul. This is Barnabas, the encourager, one of those who there at the beginning in, in that event in, in, uh, in Jerusalem was one of those selling his land in order to have money to give, to distribute among those in need. And, and uh, Mark, ultimately, John Mark would be the one that God led to, to write the gospel of Mark. These aren't just uh, any random people here. These are people that God is using for his kingdom. And we see just relationships being difficult, working out the fellowship of Christ among these difficult. How can we expect it to be different for us? It's going to be difficult. Also, we see here, um, he mentions Demas um, as one of those uh, I believe one of, yes, in verse 14, Luke, the beloved physician, uh, um, physician, greets you as does Demas. Demas seemed to be a faithful servant. But ultimately, we see in Paul's letter to Timothy that Demas, um, he abandoned Paul. He, he left. Um, Paul says, for Demas, in 2 Timothy 4.10, he says, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. We're going to have disappointment. We're going to have difficulty within the fellowship of Christ. So what do we do? See, we still deal with the flesh, just like Demas, in love with the things of this world. We still have that as a temptation, as, as something that, that, you know, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I just want to indulge. I just want to, whatever it is, uh, to, to be seen well before other people, to, to indulge in the flesh and, and appetites, or, or just to, to have what other people have. Those are things that are just motivations within us that work against the fellowship of believers that Christ has put together. So what do we need to do? Colossians, if we go down in verse 12, how does he speak of Epaphras? Epaphras, 
Remember, Epaphras is the one who brought the gospel to, to Colossae. He most likely came to the Lord in, in Ephesus when Paul was there, and then 100 miles east, he brought the gospel to his hometown in Colossae. And now Epaphras, who's with Paul, Paul says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Praying for them, lifting them. God, help those that I love grow in Christ, to come to know Christ better, to grow in maturity in Christ struggling, working hard in his prayer for them, lifting them up. And he says in verse 13, For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Those three places are all not too far from each other. It's like three corners of Kyle. That was his hometown area, the, the people that he knew, and he was lifting them up in prayer. How? Why? So that they would become mature in Christ because Christ is all in all. That's how the fellowship of Christ becomes knit together is that we grow in Christ. We grow into becoming one heart and soul in Christ as those who are in the early church, the first ones to receive the Holy Spirit. Boy, the, the example of Epaphras and Paul and those around him sending their greetings, uh, we see in verse, in verse 8, I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that you may encourage and that he, he may encourage your hearts. See, Paul didn't write all that encouragement into his letter. He knew that it needed to be spoken. And so Tychicus, who has been sent, is going to speak. He, he, lifting them up, encouraging them, intentionally reaching out. In, in verse 11, um, these are the only men of the circumcision among whom my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. They have been a comfort to Paul, lifting him up, encouraging him. And Epaphras, struggling on their behalf, says, he greets you. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling in your behalf. But we need to take that example. We need to be there for each other, lifting each other up. We have a, a dear sister uh, who we commissioned to the mission field last year. Um, and we have prayed for her, we've supported her, but it is important that just as, as in this letter, we, we want to find out how those that we love and support are doing. Um, we've reached out to this week. John reached out to, to Deborah with Kalea Ministry um, to interview her. I'd like you to see that. Go ahead and roll that right now. Uh, today we have a very special guest. Uh, our friend Deborah Brown from Kalea Child Care Villages is uh, here with us today uh, to tell us what the Lord is doing in, in Kenya and Tanzania and uh, also to what the Lord is, has uh, chose to do uh, even recently here in the States. So uh, welcome, Deborah. Thank you. It's great to be here, virtually. Yeah, virtually, right? <laughs> uh, I know that this has been a crazy time, uh, just uh, trying For a um, so hard to connect uh, with other people. Uh, but it's so 
awesome just to see your face again. So, well, uh, I just wanted to ask you a few questions. Uh, can you tell us, uh, some of our folks may not know that you're actually here in the United States right now. Uh, can you share a little bit about uh, how you found yourself in Texas? Well, I, I was actually expecting to be here just for a month, April 12th to May 12th. Mm -hmm. But back in February, um, my sisters came to visit me and I, ate something wrong when we were out, which I've done over 10 years, but I took a medicine I've never taken before, had a toxic reaction and my knees mm. swelled up a week later to where they didn't look like knees and I couldn't walk. So um, long story short, I went to um, a good hospital in DAR, had MRIs and made the choice to get on a plane and get home thinking I needed surgery. I don't need surgery, but it's a long um, healing. I'm about halfway through, I'm walking on my own now. So I'm praise God for that. Found myself here. And then the virus has kept me here because the borders closed in Tanzania. Uh, you were talking about COVID. So speaking about COVID, I mean, uh, we know the effect that it's had here in the States. Uh, so what are you seeing in uh, East Africa and uh, how is it, uh, how is Kalea villages able to help in, in this? Well, I think the spread there is about six to eight weeks, maybe eight weeks behind here. Mm -hmm. So, but the panic there has gone full blast faster than it did here. So there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of misinformation, more so than I've seen here. Like people sending around speeches that some other African pastor has made, and it's full of false information. Mm. So we've really done a lot of help to try to give people the truth, send them articles that we find helpful. In addition, we have heard that prices started rising for food. And now, by, by now, in Tanzania, they are double, although they've only had about, I think, 18 deaths and maybe 475 cases in Tanzania. So food prices doubled because people were asked to stay home, schools were closed. Mm -hmm. And so we've actually sent over money for food support that we extra, you know, like more than what we typically do that we hadn't anticipated. And we will, we're trusting God to bring, to bring in what we need for that. Yeah. Has this pandemic negatively affected um, like what Kalea receives in, uh, in offerings? Um, actually, no. We just sent a, actually an email this morning to our sponsors because it's been amazing. I know it's been a hard thing for all Americans, but not one sponsor has written and said, I can't sponsor my child anymore. That's to me phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And then we had to cancel two major fundraisers including a golf tournament and three small in-home dinners. And we expected to raise around maybe 30,000. Really, you really never know with God, but we needed sure. at least that to keep operations going through the summer. And I was feeling actually panicked, even though like this whole journey for 10 years has been a, a journey of faith. I just prayed and said, God, is this your will for us to continue because you need to help us bring it because we can't do anything. Or if it's not, give us the you know clear answer and tell us what's next and i reached out to a few people and god has brought in more than we needed more than the thirty thousand needed it's been absolutely phenomenal to watch what god has done yeah how can hope church help are there uh either one or two or uh just what are the different ways that we can physically help we know that prayer is a major component but mm -hmm. uh, we want to physically help in those places and financially help. So how can we best do that? 
Well, you've been so um, encouraging just knowing that you're praying for us. And then the church has been giving monthly, which is a huge help to us. Um, if I were to name like two needs, the most urgent one is um, additional food support. And we actually have um, a campaign online. We typically raise every year and distribute about $3,200. And we do that through preschool feeding programs. But suddenly this epidemic has caused us to need to raise more than that. So the total that we feel like we're going to need, at least this gets us to the end of June um, for the extra food, is around $2,800. And there's a link there you can you know, share if people would like to give anything, $5, $15, whatever they want to do to help out. It goes directly to food. So um, it's administration's not taken out of that. It's just food support. Um, a dream project we have is to expand our farm. So this is the first attempt to raise money in Africa. And in April alone, we began harvesting from our first acre. We planted habaneros. I think I shared last time I was with you. And we've made, I mean, it sounds so small here, but we're super excited. We've made over $200 in one month and every week, the amount that we've harvested has increased. So we're like when we were doing like two gallon buckets, now we have like the back end of a minivan full of bags of peppers every four or five days. So that's been super exciting. And they're begging us for okra. Can you plant another acre? Your produce is so excellent. So we'd love to do that. And, um, and we really desperately need a little tiny work truck to get the produce to town. So we're probably looking at around 2000 to add the acre and 3000 for a small mini truck. But those are kind of dream budgets, you know, maybe after COVID-19. Or if someone is a farmer and they just want to support that, that's awesome. How can we, uh, as Hope Church, be praying for you here in the States? We know that, uh, again, you have been sidelined. And so uh, just you personally, Deborah. It may be similar to what you're praying for each other because I guess for me, my lockdown personally started when I arrived February 24th, I couldn't walk and I had so much pain. So by the time I could walk without a walker, without crutches, we were locked down. So that was like two weeks ago. So I'm starting to some days feel very anxious and having trouble with insomnia. So I think that's just because I can't run around and do many things like I typically do. So I guess just for patience and um, perseverance through this time till I can get back to Tanzania and back to having my knees working normally. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for coming today and, and just being a part of the service. And, and again, we're just so encouraged uh, by your work. And uh, we, we definitely are continuing to pray for you guys. So thank you so much. Hope God to bless. see you in person soon. Absolutely. God bless. So good to see what's going on with Deborah and Kalea Ministries. You see what it's like? It's not really any different than Paul and those around him. Getting to hear how someone is doing who's far away and, and to learn how to pray for them and how to encourage them and, and how you might be able to support them. I encourage you, if God's put it on your heart to support uh, financially, uh, we're, we put some links in the various feeds down, down below the feed so that you can get to where uh, the food support uh, campaign is for the kids there. Um, from that page, you can click into her website and, and find out more of what's going on with Kalea Ministries. Um, no matter what, pray. 
You see that as this critical thing that we have seen over and over again within this, this letter that Paul asks those to pray for him. He talks of Epaphras going to, to battle, of, of just working, laboring in prayer for those that he knows need to grow up into Christ, to be effective in Christ and to, and to grow into the fellowship and the joy of what it is that we have in Christ. But we can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. We need to pray. Pray for each other, boy. So the fellowship of Christ, there is no distinction. Everyone, no matter your background, no matter where you come from, you are invited into the fellowship of Christ through faith in Christ. The fellowship of Christ, we lift each other up. Boy, one last thing with that. Think about who's around you. Who do you know right now that needs encouragement? Or maybe someone you just don't know how they're doing and and God's put it on your heart even now as you're thinking about it that it would be a good thing to reach out and see how they're doing. Don't hesitate. Do it. This is a time for us to think through such things as we've been shaken up in our own experience, perhaps as we have a little bit more time uh, at home, uh, we can reach out to those we haven't talked to in a long time. All right, finally, in the fellowship of Christ, we each have a role to play. We each have a role. We see at the end of this letter, it just seems like a random shout-out that he says in verse 17, and say to Archippus, See that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. You know, Bible scholars try to figure out, okay, what what is that about? Um, We see that same name show up in that letter that Onesimus is holding to bring to his master, that uh, um, Philemon, he has a, a church meeting in his house. There's a small group there, and included in that group is Archippus. Um. And, and he's mentioned as a soldier in the house of Philemon. Um, I don't think in the, in the sense of like a Roman soldier, but a, but a soldier for Christ. Uh, given the way that Paul has used the word ministry and, and minister within this letter, um, and just kind of the public nature of calling out Archippus in front of the whole church and everyone who would read this letter, I, I would just guess and suspect that it has something to do with a calling that God has put upon Archippus in more of a leadership role within the church, perhaps just within that church that's meeting in Philemon's house. But whatever it is, it's a call to do the ministry that he has received in the Lord. Did you know that that when you put your faith in Christ, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit chooses to give you a role, to give you, to empower you to a purpose in his body. It's called spiritual gifts. That's the Holy Spirit giving you what you need to, to be effective for Christ within the fellowship of Christ. What is the role that God has called you to? Maybe that's something that that you're still discovering and figuring out. I encourage you to think through that. You guys can go ahead and come on up. Right now, with uncertainty abounding, um, I just saw a statistic this past week. Um, Our... uh, 
Economically, we have statistically more uncertainty as a country than we've ever had before. Um, boy, what, if we need, what do we need to do in this time? If you've put your trust in Christ, you don't need to know what tomorrow holds. Jesus knows what tomorrow holds. Jesus is the King of kings, Lord of lords. And if you put your faith in Christ, God's Spirit lives in you. You don't need to worry about tomorrow. You have the Spirit of God in you. You don't need to be anxious about anything. If God's Spirit lives in you, you are part of the fellowship of Christ. Even with stay-at-home orders or in different places, including Texas, that's starting to be relaxed, but, but we still don't know what it's going to look like in the future. We don't need to be worried about that. We are part of the fellowship of Christ, and that's a fellowship that is supernatural, that is in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of Christ. Boy, throughout this study of Colossians, we have looked at what it means to grow in Christ. What does it mean to grow in Jesus Christ? More than ever now, we need to look to Him. Look to Jesus. We have salvation in Jesus Christ. We have life in Jesus Christ. We looked at it there. We have new life in Jesus Christ. We went through that. We have fellowship in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Let's look to him. More than all the things you have And more than all the things you give Beyond all the things you do All I want is you the plan and I don't need to understand why you do the things you do all I need is you and I will seek your face in this holy place And I will fall to my knees And I'll worship you And in the midst of my strife Lord, you're the light of my life and my heart will not fear as I wait for you. More than all the things you have, and more than all the things you give, beyond all the things you do. All I want is you And I don't need to know the plan 
And I don't need to understand Why you do the things you do All I need is you And I will seek your face In this holy place I will fall to my knees And I'll worship you And in the midst of my strife Lord, you're the light of my life And my heart will not fear as I wait for you As I wait for you As I wait for you God, it's amazing that it is true. I don't need to understand <laughs> those words. God, I know that you hold tomorrow in your hands. And in, in looking to you and trusting you, God, there's rest and peace in that. The Almighty God is caring for me, is caring for the fellowship around me. God, thank you for that. Father, Señor, como la canción dice, no te necesito entender. Porque es la fe que tú has puesto en mí, Señor. Porque es un regalo divino que tú me has dado. Para poder entender que, que todo lo que necesito eres tú. Padre, Señor, te damos gracias por, a, por darnos esa oportunidad de poder llegar a ti. Te damos gracias por el regalo que has puesto en nuestros corazones. Te damos gracias por quien eres y lo poco que pides de nosotros. Y lo mucho que pides de nosotros. Tiempo se ve fácil y en tiempo se ve difícil, pero siempre estás ahí con la puerta abierta esperándonos, esperando nuestra llegada. Te damos gracias, Señor, por lo que has hecho en nuestras vidas y te pedimos que continúes buscándonos. Te damos gracias por tu amor. En el nombre de Jesucristo. Amén. En el nombre de Jesucristo. Amén.